Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, super psyched to be spending part of my day with you. This is a special request episode. The special request came from some of my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients. They reached out in our private Facebook group and asked if I would talk more about the idea of, drum roll please, you already know, it's the name of the episode, Emotional Sobriety. Emotional sobriety, making decisions when you are emotionally sober and being mindful and cautious and most importantly, able to identify times when you are not so emotionally sober or not emotionally sober at all. I'll tell you how this came up. In my 12 Weeks to Transformation groups, there is an audio channel. That's what I call it, an audio channel. Basically, I put out for them audio coaching messages seven days a week, every single day. And they have access to the full backlog of every coaching message that I've put forth since, I think, the end of December 2017. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) That took a minute. Um, So yeah, I put forth these daily coaching messages, and some of them are really, really short, just meant to fire them up and refocus them on the day, because in the 12 Weeks to Transformation, we have weekly challenges, which is awesome. But the reality is, I believe we have to bring ourselves back to our intention every day, connect with what we want, why we want it, what we're doing to work towards it every single day. And that's really what the daily coaching channel is meant for them to do. Well, the other day, the other week, I don't know, sometime in the recent past, I shared with them a real life moment of how I coach myself. Oftentimes, if I find myself in a very real-life situation where I'm coaching my own self through a struggle, which is really what I'm teaching all my clients to do, just coach themselves to show up as the best version of themselves, and I said, I'm going to hit record and process this out loud to show them how I manage those moments. And I don't remember all of the details, but this is what prompted this request from some of my clients. So I'll share with you what I recall. It was a Monday or a Tuesday, but the night before, there had been a late football game. So the Patriots had the 8 p.m. game, 8.30 game, and I was out watching it with some friends. Didn't get home until after midnight, at which point, for whatever stupid reason, my boyfriend and I got into a heated conversation late at night that went until about 3 in the morning, and I had to be up early to work, just like normal. So I was operating on very little sleep. 
fast forward to that afternoon on very little sleep, I was driving. I had a 30-minute drive someplace, and I was just in a funk. I was in a bad mood. And for whatever reason, I was thinking about everything that is wrong, things that I don't like, things that I want to improve, things that aren't good enough, everything that was wrong. And in that moment, I said to myself, this is not real. You are just tired. You are under the influence of emotion, negative emotions, stress, disappointment, loneliness, etc. Not because these are genuine, true feelings that came from something very legitimate. It's purely a result of the fact that you didn't get any sleep, kid. And in that moment, I just said, you know what? This is happening because you are tired. So let's not make any decisions. And that's what I do when I notice a moment of emotional intoxication, when I am under the influence of emotion. I basically say to myself, how can we simplify here? If I don't need to go to the grocery store, I'm not going to the grocery store. If I don't need to take on that stressful task, I'm not taking on that stressful task. If I don't need to do laundry that day, I'm not doing laundry that day. I'm going to scale back and simplify, do the things that need to be done and nothing more. Make the decisions that need to be made and nothing more. So I posted that in our coaching channel, just how I talked myself through that moment with specificity. And they came back and said, will you do a podcast on this? Or can you talk more about this? So that is what we are going to do today. Before we dive into that, so that I don't get so sucked into this topic that I forget, I want to share with you guys the best thing I ate recently and a workout that I loved recently. And also let you know, since we're on the topic of the 12 Weeks to Transformation and those groups and how they work, the wait list is open presently for the first session of 2019, which will kick off in early January. Registration will open in early December. So just know that you can go to the show notes page for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 529. And there's a link to the waitlist there. Or you can just go to primalpotential.com and hit the work with me tab in the upper right hand side and drop in your name and email address to get on the waitlist and learn more about that. But before we talk about emotional sobriety and all of that kind of stuff, emotional intoxication and strategies, best thing I ate recently, my cabbage salad bowl. I've shared with you before that I go in rotations with meals and it had been a good while since I've had that meal. I hadn't been eating kind of breakfast-like foods for a while, unless I was going out for breakfast. But I was kind of, if I wasn't going out for breakfast, just doing coffee until lunch, which was usually dinner leftovers. But I got back into my cabbage salad bowl. Oh my gosh, why did I leave you? It is so good. I will put a link to the recipe on the show notes for today's episode primalpotential.com forward slash 529 because that is the episode. Or you can just go to primalpotential.com and search cabbage and it'll come right up. But I use raw cabbage, green cabbage, and red cabbage shredded with the way that I had it yesterday was um, bacon, eggs, avocado, and a little Primal Kitchen chipotle mayo and some jalapeno. And I'm going to do that again while I watch football today. That way I can sort of have something to munch on throughout because it takes forever to eat and it fills me up forever. And that will be my lunch dinner combo for today. Oh my gosh, it's so good. 
The workout that I loved recently was a 14-minute AMRAP. AMRAP, A-M-R-A-P, stands for as many rounds or as many reps as possible. And this was 14 minutes as many rounds as possible of one barbell snatch. It's okay if you don't know what that is. If you want to know what it is, just Google it. Magic how that works. One barbell snatch. Then once you have that barbell up overhead in the top position of the snatch, two overhead squats, which is exactly what it sounds like. Two squats with the barbell up, locked out overhead. Then three clean and jerks and 80 double unders. Double unders is with a jump rope and instead of a single under, which is the rope passes underneath you once for every jump, the traditional way that we jump rope. A double under is the jump. The rope passes underneath you twice for every one jump. It just requires a little bit more height on the jump, a little bit more speed in the wrists, and it's more cardiovascularly taxing than single under. So that 14-minute AMRAP was one snatch, two overhead squats, three clean and jerks, 80 double unders, as many rounds as possible in 14 minutes. That was a tough one. All right, we are going to talk about emotional sobriety, but one last thing before we do. Many of you have reached out to me and said, Elizabeth, did you see that Thrive Market now offers wine? And it's not just wine, it's what they call clean wine. What do you think? Have you tried it? Yes, I did see that they now offer wine and they have some really high standards for not only affordable price points, but also organic, pesticide-free, biodynamically farmed. They're doing a great job with the criteria they're setting for this wine. I have not tried it. I have not bought it. I do plan to buy it for gifts, but not for myself. And here is why. I really believe in my own life what helps me is simple decision-making criteria. Things that set me up for success, things that make my life easier. And one of those things is I don't buy wine to keep in the house. So if I go out to eat and I want to have a glass of wine, cool. But I'm not somebody who collects. I have been in the past, but I'm just at this point, this is a simple decision-making criteria that works for me. Wasn't so two years ago. Might not be so six months or a year from now, but it is now. One thing that just makes my life easier, I don't keep bottles of wine in the house. So it's not like Thursday at dinner when I'm making a steak. Oh, should we open a bottle of wine? It's not here. If I drink, it's going to be when I'm out. Um, So that is why I haven't bought it for myself. But as I shared with you guys in one of the budgeting episodes, I think it was in, maybe it was after the budgeting episode, but I was talking about how I make my life easier and how I stick to my budget with the holidays. I create this list of everybody I'm going to buy for. I set a budget for how much I'm going to spend. And I do that three to five months before the holidays so that I can be on the lookout for good deals within that budget, sometimes far below that budget, for people on my list. This makes the cut. My aunt, my sister, my cousin, when I do Secret Santas, people in my boyfriend's family, they will be getting bottles of wine from Thrive Market because they're really good buys and they're doing a great job with their selection. So as I mentioned, they're calling them clean wines, which means either organic or biodynamically farmed. They have, they've created a Thrive Market wine charter. And essentially, they're looking at price because they don't want to put forth bottles that are 
not affordable. Thrive Market is really about helping you save money, but also they are looking only at farms that don't use pesticides or fungicides or heavy metals and fertilizers, things like that. Um, or I already said organic or biodynamic, but sustainable farming practices um, sourced from smaller producers and really taking care of the land to make sure that it is allowing the grapes to continue to produce over time. So I will for sure be buying some bottles, not to keep in my own house, but to give as gifts. So definitely keep that in mind if you are a wine drinker and you want to get some options. One of the great things about when we look at clean wines, one of the other things that is common is that they look at wines that don't have a lot of additives, whether that is chemical additives or sugar additives. And when that is the case, when you're drinking that kind of wine, you don't get as much of a hangover, even if you've only had one glass. I know for me, if I drink wine that has added sugar, which most wines do, if I drink it with added sugar, I can get a headache or feel hungover the next day, even if I've only had a glass, glass and a half. Uh, so clean wines really make you feel better the next day. Uh, so yeah, if you want to give that a try for yourself, or if you want to take my approach, which is holiday gifts, go through thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential because you'll save an extra 25% on your first order and you will get a free 30-day trial membership. Thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. Let's already talk about emotional sobriety. This doesn't mean, I don't want you to think sobriety in terms of alcohol means like I don't drink. When we talk about it in terms of emotion, in no way am I saying that you shouldn't feel emotion. That's not it at all. I want to improve your decision making when you are under the influence of emotion. Our choices suffer most when we make them under the influence of emotion. So we're not trying to resist or resent emotion. I am all for allowing yourself to feel sad or disappointed or upset or lonely. Feeling these things is part of what makes us human. However, first, we want to develop the ability to recognize when we are emotionally intoxicated. Not being able to recognize that, to acknowledge it, to own it, is a huge threat. That is step one, recognizing I am emotionally intoxicated right now, time to back up. And then being able to see through that thick fog of emotion or ride it out, put a decision on hold until that emotional fog clears, that's basically a superpower. Let's think for a second about being intoxicated by alcohol. I would imagine most of us, but surely not all of us, can relate to. Your life would be a hot mess if any time you were drunk, you made decisions fueled by the alcohol, right? If after a few drinks you say, I love you to that new person you just started seeing, <laughs> or you pick a fight with your partner just because you're drunk, you started texting everybody what you think when you're drunk, yeah. Drunk choices are dumb. But most of us, hopefully, I pray, 
since we are mature adults, we recognize when the alcohol is influencing our thoughts. And we're like, yeah, yeah, you know, that's why we don't drunk dial. That's why we don't drunk text. That's why we don't pick fights when we've been drinking. That same kind of awareness is what we want to build with emotional intoxication. Think for one second about what lack of emotional sobriety looks like. What does it look like when you are emotionally intoxicated under the influence of emotion? Maybe you are you have your feelings really hurt. And so your defenses are up and you're looking for everything that is wrong. And you're just eeyore about life. Everything sucks. You can't do it. Why do you even try? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with everybody else? Everybody else sucks. Then, if you go through your day letting your decisions be dominated by that emotional force, you're not making good decisions. Maybe you're not as patient with your kids. Maybe you're not as kind to your spouse. Maybe you aren't taking responsibility for your part in a problem at work because you're just so caught up in emotion. Maybe you are justifying, overindulging, overeating, breaking promises you made to yourself. We are a hot mess when we make decisions under the influence of emotion. Not of sound mind. Not logical, not rational, not good. And as I mentioned, the first step is recognizing when you're under the influence. And often we don't want to do this, right? I'm fine. I'm not angry. You're angry. Maturity, growth, and progress can come from simply recognizing. You don't have to make a public declaration. Recognizing I am not emotionally stable enough right now, not in general, not in life, in this moment. I'm just, I'm under the influence of emotion. So I'm going to slow way down. In my upcoming book, coming in January, I'm not telling you the title yet, but I will be soon. Um, I talk about in the book, D-U-I, D-U-I. Deciding under the influence, not driving under the influence, but just as destructive oftentimes, deciding under the influence. And that's really what we're talking about. This first most important step is knowing when you're under the influence. Admitting it. My feelings are hurt, so I'm going to cool down before we talk about this because having a conversation now would be heavily influenced by that emotional intoxication. So, I'm pissed or I'm sad or my feelings are hurt, but because I'm in this peak emotional state right now, let's wait on a conversation until I've come off of this peak, this emotional peak, and I'm a little bit more emotionally sober, then we can talk about it. Or even with yourself, you know, I'm not going to make a decision on the Chinese takeout or opening a bottle of wine or going to the grocery store or opening the ice cream in the freezer. I'm not going to make that decision right now because I can recognize I'm stressed or I'm tired or I'm lonely or I'm upset. Since I can recognize that I'm in that emotional state, I'm just going to pump the brakes. I'm just not going to make a decision right now. I'm not telling myself no. I'm just saying let me 
come through this emotional moment. Maybe that happens in an hour. Maybe it doesn't happen until tomorrow or next week. But I don't need to make that choice right now. I will check myself when I'm not quite sure if I'm emotionally sober or not. And I'll just say, what emotions might be influencing my thoughts right now? And I do this when I'm thinking a thought that maybe feels uncomfortable or feels like an excuse or an exception. Is there an emotion that is impairing my thought process, my logic right now? Is there a feeling that is influencing this drive, this decision? Yes or no? And again, the hardest part is admitting it. Because sometimes you'd be like, no, I'm fine. Come on, just be honest with yourself. Even if you don't modify the decision, at least build the practice of recognizing when your thoughts are heavily influenced by an emotion. I personally practice this and try to practice this, really. And that's, I guess, the the essence of practice is that it is a pursuit, a continuous pursuit. Anytime I feel a heightened emotion... Instead of just submitting to it, even if it's not all that heightened, like maybe I get an email that like ruffles my feathers or frustrates me and I notice myself like clenching my teeth, something simple like that, or rolling my eyes, anything like that. Or in response to something that my boyfriend said or my mom or my sister or my friend, hold on just a second and what emotion is influencing my thought process right now, because I'm not thinking, are you serious without an emotional driver? What is the emotional driver? Is it embarrassment? Is it fatigue? Is it something totally unrelated that's weighing on me and now is the veil through which I'm seeing this totally unrelated interaction? Practice asking those questions. What emotion might be influencing, clouding how I'm thinking about this? For example, if I start thinking, I want a cupcake. I just want to put on my pajamas and have a glass of wine and a cupcake. Okay, well, is there an emotion that might be influencing that or anything that might be influencing that, right? Because fatigue isn't necessarily an emotion, but it can influence emotions. But maybe it's just... I'm stressed or I'm lonely or I'm angry or I'm, you know, feeling insecure. Whatever it is, identify it. If I'm driving down the road and I'm thinking through an email I got and I'm fuming, I can't believe this. This is ridiculous. I can't believe that happened. I I was so clear. Whatever it is, take a beat. Is there an emotion that is influencing my ability to be logical and rational right now? Yeah. I'm angry. I'm hurt. Okay, well, then let's not process this situation right now because the emotion is not going to last forever. It is going to come off that peak if you don't continue to fuel it with your attention. So let's not try to make decisions, come up with plans and steps forward or responses right now. Let's just notice that emotion is there and it's kind of peaking. I'm just going to ride it out. I don't need to respond. I don't need to act in response to whatever's going on. Just sit with it. Same thing in personal relationships, right? I'm mad at my boyfriend. Okay, be mad. But that doesn't mean that this is the right time to talk about it. 
wait until you're no longer emotionally intoxicated. Not only is that maturity, it's also more happiness. It's also more respect. It's also a great example for everyone around you, and it also improves the choices that you make. I did it just the other day with my sister. Something came up and I said, look, I'm sad, so I don't want to talk about it right now because what would happen is the conversation would likely be more feeling than fact. So we'll come back to it when I can be more factual than in my feelings. I do that constantly with my boyfriend. If we communicate about this now, what you're going to be hearing is my feelings and not the facts. So let me come down off my feelings so that I can communicate more effectively. Here's the magic. Practice that with yourself, not just other people, not just your sister, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, your coworkers, with yourself. Hey, I'm stressed right now. So I'm not going to make a decision about the pizza because... It's going to be more influenced by the stress than my logical, rational mind. So I'm not saying no. I'm just saying pump the brakes. And you need practice. So every moment of stress, anger, sadness, loneliness, fear is a chance to practice that thing. With recognition being the first step, you can move to the second step, which is increasing your resistance to the emotional intoxication. More simply, not getting your feathers ruffled so freaking easily. Not taking on other people's actions, other people's choices. Not internalizing other people's stuff and letting it control you emotionally. A couple days ago, I shared a quote from billionaire investor Warren Buffett that said, I think I shared it on Instagram, you will continue to suffer If you have an emotional reaction to everything that is said to you, true power is sitting back and observing things with logic. True power is restraint. If words control you, that means everyone else can control you. Breathe and allow things to pass. Breathe and allow things to pass. That's the second part of working on this emotional sobriety. Calming the heck down. And a massive tool in that pursuit, because that's obviously easier said than done, one of the easiest ways to implement this, the most effective ways to implement this, is refusing to make assumptions. Recognizing when you're making assumptions and saying, No, I'm going to deal only with what happened, only with what was said, not with what I assume about it, not with the added meaning I've thrown onto it. We do this constantly when we decide what somebody else's intentions were, that in addition to what they said, they were being snarky. We basically assigned meaning to their words, assumption. Were they, though? Were they being snarky? Or did you just decide to put that interpretation on it? This is what their words meant. This is what their tone meant. That is an assumption. Did you add more to the story than what actually happened? Right? There's a difference between what actually happened and how you feel about what happened, how you took it. Did you add meaning? Did you add intent? Are you making up stories to take what actually happened to a level 
of what you tell yourself happened, how you feel about what happened, that is a complete escalation from the facts. What assumptions am I making? And even when it's not harmful, even when the assumptions we make don't upset us, I think the practice of just recognizing when we're making assumptions is helpful in and of itself. This came up recently in one of my... um. One of my private Facebook groups for a client group, somebody shared that they went to see a movie with a couple of people and it was a great movie and it taught them a lesson about what happens when you focus on the wrong thing. And she said that somebody she was with was totally distracted by the number of times that the F word was used in the movie and that, you know, if you take that approach, then you miss all the good in it. And I, and and my my thought about that is, There are some major assumptions, and they're not dangerous assumptions. It's not going to hurt this person to believe that somebody she went to the movie with missed all of the good stuff because of their focus, but the point is recognizing when you're making assumptions. Isn't it true that you can not only dislike how often the F word was used and also get the point of the movie and also enjoy parts of the movie and also see beautiful things in the movie. Maybe the only part they communicated with you was about the F word, but that doesn't mean that there are things that they experienced that they didn't share. So we can't draw conclusions based on our own assumptions. Practicing that, what assumptions am I making? What am I saying this means? What have I added to the facts, right? That is a huge way to increase your emotional resilience and then have more time where you are emotionally sober and less emotionally intoxicated. From there, when we're not making assumptions, what we're trying to do is raise the bar on what elicits an emotional reaction from ourselves. If we're somebody who gets in a tizzy over an email, well, you have work to do. Raise the bar so that emails coming in are not going to ruffle your feathers. You have work to do. You have opportunity there to say, this doesn't have to emotionally influence me. I can practice that. If you are somebody who gets emotionally influenced by the words and actions of your spouse on a regular basis, you have room for opportunity there. We don't want our emotional stability to be in somebody else's hands. And that doesn't mean we don't have feelings about what happens. I'm saying raise the bar on what it takes for you to get all in a tizzy. Because chances are there is an area for improvement where something that is upsetting you doesn't need to upset you anymore, right? If dishes in the sink or clothes on the floor or side eye over a show you're watching on TV ruffles your feathers, you have an opportunity there. If you get upset over what your colleagues at work do or don't do or how your boss communicates or doesn't communicate, you have opportunity for improvement. As you do that, as you build your emotional resilience, as you raise the bar on the things that elicit an emotional response from yourself, check your own emotional sobriety. And when you recognize, no, I can confess that I'm under the influence of emotion, slow down your decision making. Slow down. What needs to be done? Do those things. How can I take care of myself? Do those things. I'm going to ride out this wave of emotion and I'm just going to let it be. Get to the other side of the emotional peak. 
I'd love to know what you guys think of this concept. If you find it helpful, if you don't find it helpful, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you have big wins in practice, let me know. Comment on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. You can leave a comment on the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 529. But I'd love to hear what you think about this and what your practice looks like. In the meantime, I will personally continue practicing every flipping day because easy is earned and I want to be better. Take care, guys. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.